Good morning, church. Let me say from the bottom of my heart, happy Father's Day to all of our dads. I love you, and I am so incredibly thankful for the work that you're doing, the tireless work that you're doing. So if you're celebrating today, if you're rejoicing today, then we want to rejoice with you. I always feel like it's necessary, though, to say that if you're weeping today, we weep with you. I know that for many, Father's Day can be hard for various reasons, and we're thinking about you as well, and I want to say to you from the bottom of my heart, if Father's Day is hard for you, I love you, and I'm thinking about you, and I'm praying for you today. Regardless of your role in the family, regardless of the size of your family, regardless of what's going on in your family, we are so thankful that you are here this morning. We love each and every one of you. We're wrapping up a series today. We started on Mother's Day. We've been using a family road trip as sort of a metaphor and talking about some of the questions that we ask on family road trips. Today, we're going to ask this question, should we stop here to refuel? Should we stop here to refuel? That's because I think in every family, there are those who feel like if there's a half a tank or less, then we're out of gas and we need to stop, desperately need to stop. And then there are others of us that when, even when we see the gas light come on, we say, nah, we got this, we got this, and we, and we keep going. Thankfully, thankfully, in most of our cars, there is a working fuel gauge, right? There's a fuel gauge. But even with that, some things can, can happen. One, we can just totally forget to look at it and see where we are. Two, my, my family has had a car before. Holly and I bought a car. I won't tell you what kind of car it is, but we will never own one like that again, where the, the fuel gauge was broken. We knew that it was broken because driving down the street, we heard ding, ding, and then the needle dropped all the way to zero. We thought, well, maybe it's just the gauge is wrong, but there's actually gas in there no, there was no gas in there. And so we took the car to the, the dealership and they said, we, we fixed it. They swore to us that they fixed it. They lied to us. <laughs> and, and I knew, don't, don't trust it, don't trust it. But, but we were on a, a long trip and, and I thought, no, they said it's fixed, it's fixed. I'm sure that it's fixed. And so I pushed it a little bit further than I should have and we were on the interstate this time and heard, Ding, ding, and the needle dropped to zero, and we coasted to a stop in the middle of nowhere. So that, that can happen as well. I also knew a guy one time who borrowed the church van, not here, it wasn't anyone here, but someone borrowed the church van and took a bunch of people on a trip and ran out of gas, and he said to us, this was his explanation, he said, on my car, the E is on the other side and the F is on the other side, and, and I thought that it was nearly full when it was nearly empty. But then I kept thinking, did you think it was magically getting more full as the trip went on? I don't know exactly what was going on there. But because our, our theme this year is reflect and renew, I, I want to encourage all of us to sort of check our spiritual fuel gauge. How you doing? How you doing? And, and do you even know how you doing? I think for a lot of us, it's been a while since we just stopped and said, do I have any fuel in my tank? Can I keep going? Or do I need to stop and, and be refueled? Maybe the last time you stopped and were refueled, you, you weren't even refueling with the right sort of fuel. 
Maybe, maybe your gauge is, is broken or inaccurate or maybe you're just not looking at it. But here's my guess. My guess is that there are a lot, a lot of Christian families running on fumes but still not stopping to refuel. Is that accurate? Does that resonate with you? When we just stop for a second and just reflect for a moment and say, how am I doing? Am I worn out? Am I exhausted? But even if I am, am I just continuing to push? A lot of us tell ourselves, regardless of our role in the family, that it's our obligation to just keep going, to just white-knuckle it, to, to keep pressing, to, to keep pushing, to keep being the hero, to keep being the rock, to keep saying, I've, I've got I've to do all of this and muscle through it. It all depends on me. And if I stop for just a moment, then everything's going to come crashing down. I've got a million things that I have to juggle, and I just can't stop because it's all depending on me. You ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're even scared to stop and examine and reflect on your spiritual fuel gauge because you know you're running on fumes. You know you're worn out. You know you're exhausted. But you don't feel like you even have time to stop and refuel. Or even if you did stop and refuel, you're not even sure where you would begin. Maybe you take a vacation every now and then. Maybe you take a weekend every now and then. But sometimes your weekends and your vacations leave you even more exhausted than you were in the beginning. You've been there? Because we're not refueling in the right ways. And we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And we're running on fumes. So I pray that this psalm that we're going to think about this morning, Psalm 127, I pray that it's not only encouraging to you and that it begins to, to fuel your tank, but I also pray that it convicts us. It convicts us about how often we're stopping to refuel and whether or not we're even refueling in the right sorts of ways. So if you have your Bible, Psalm 127, and I want to pay attention even in the beginning to just sort of the, the label that is put on this psalm, that it's a psalm or a song of ascents. It's a song of ascents, which means that it was probably one of a handful of psalms that was used as sort of a songbook for Jewish pilgrims as they traveled. They traveled three times a year for various festivals up to Jerusalem. So three times a year as a family, they would travel wherever they were to Jerusalem for these feasts and festivals. And so, literally, as I was thinking about this psalm, I thought, wow, this is, this is really a family road trip song. It's a family road trip song. And, and I hope that you will work this song into your family playlist, if you know what I mean. Work this into your family playlist. Think about these truths. So, it begins a song of a sense of Solomon. And then, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in what? In vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And even before we dig in, this is your life. God knew that his people needed this constant reminder 
then it's possible that you find yourself in what we call now the rat race and all of your stuff, all the things that you're doing is in vain? In vain? That's convicting, isn't it? For God to say to us, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time? It's a waste. It's meaningless. It's unsuccessful. All your, your hard work is in vain. It's not accomplishing what it is that even you want to accomplish. It's all in vain. And just recognizing that is the first step to refueling in the right sorts of ways. Now, what is it that, that this psalm is addressing that people are doing that is in vain? Look, look at some of the words. Build. Stays awake. Rise up early. Go late to rest. Now, why is it that you do those sorts of things? Why do you, why do you build a house for your family? Why does a watchman keep watch over a city? Why is it that you get up early? Why is it that you go to bed late? Why is it that you do all of these things? What are you chasing? What are you pursuing? What are you trying to get? What are you trying to hold on to? Peace. Peace? Joy? Aren't you? You're chasing peace. You're chasing joy. That's why a watchman watches over the city, because he wants there to be peace. That's why someone builds a house with strong walls for his family, because he wants there to be peace, and he wants there to be joy. He wants there to be contentment. He wants there to be, in Hebrew, shalom. Shalom. But, but it's in vain. All this building and all of this watching and all of this getting up early and going late to bed and all of this chasing and all of this pursuing and all of this holding on to, all this white-knuckling it, it's all in vain. And you know it is, don't you? I mean, deep down inside, you know it is. You know that in the rat race of life, you're, you're chasing peace. But you never even stop to ask, how's that going for you? How's that working out for you? You want there to be peace, and so you're watching over your city. You want there to be peace, and so you're, you're building a house for your family. You want there to be peace, so you get up early and you go late to, to bed. But you don't have any peace. You don't have any joy. It's in vain. All this chasing, all this pursuing, all this getting up early and going late to bed and all of this doing and going and pushing. For what? For what? The very thing that you're trying to grasp hold of, it's slipping through your fingers, isn't it? How's it working out for us? We, we, we have invented all kinds of ways to stay busy and be more efficient and do more and go more and be faster and all of these things that are supposed to make our life easier. Easier? Is it getting easier? Are you getting more joyful? Are you getting more filled with hope? Or do you have more peace? The more that we do, the busier we are. The psalm says it's in vain. It's in vain. All the building and all the watching and all the getting up and going late to bed, it's in vain. Listen to these words. Look at the result. Eating the bread of anxious toil. 
eating the bread of anxious toil. Some translations say, eating the bread of sorrows. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that resonates with me. How about you? That you get up early and you go to bed late and you watch over your city and you build your house and you do and you go and you, you build and you work and you serve and you push and you push and you push and the only thing sustaining you is the bread of anxious toil. It's the only thing sustaining you is your anxiety and your worry and your sorrow. You're pursuing peace. You're pursuing joy. But the only thing you're actually getting, the only thing you actually have is the bread of anxious toil. That's what's sustaining us. That was true thousands of years ago. And one of the things this psalm teaches us is this. Self-reliance is a false gospel that leaves us perpetually running on fumes. Self-reliance is a false gospel that leaves us perpetually running on fumes. In other words, when you say, I trust in myself, I believe in myself, I hope in myself, I rely on myself, I've got to do it, I've got to build it, I've got to watch over it, if I don't, who will? So many of us. This is our real gospel. The gospel we really believe deep down in our heart. Oh, we say we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We say we hope in him. We say we trust in him. We say we believe in him, but the reality is we trust in ourselves. We hope in ourselves. What we can do with our own two hands, where our own two feet can take us. And so we build and we watch and we get up early and we go late to bed and we eat the bread of anxious toil. That is what is sustaining us. And it's not sustaining us well, is it? We are perpetually running on fumes. And so we supplement our energy and our sustainability in all kinds of ways, don't we? We, we try to fuel ourselves in all kinds of ways, but we're missing the point. Listen to again what the psalmist says. Unless the Lord builds the house. Let the Lord build the house. He says, unless the Lord watches over the city, let the Lord watch over the city. He says that God gives to his beloved sleep. This is the alternative. The alternative to self-reliance is reliance on him. Instead of you saying, I have to, I have to, I have to, and keep pushing and keep pushing and get up earlier and go later to bed and watch more and work more and build more. The psalmist reminds his people over and over and over again, unless the Lord builds it, you're building in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, you're watching in vain. It's in vain that you get up early and you go late to bed. He's the one who gives to his beloved Sleep. Let him build the house. Let him watch over the city. Now that doesn't mean don't work. It doesn't mean don't work. It doesn't mean be lazy. It doesn't mean to just sit back and relax. It means that when you go to work, when you build the house, you say, I'm, I'm not the one building this house. 
The Lord's building this house. I just have a front row seat. I'm just watching him at work. When you're a watchman and you're watching over the city, you don't say, I'm watching over the city. You're saying, God's watching over the city, and I just have a front row seat to watch him work. And that way, when it's time to go to bed, you can go to bed. When it's time to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. When it's time to rest, you can rest, because when you were working, you weren't really the one doing the work. He was, and you were relying on him. And you were saying, it's not me. It's not me. I'm not the one doing this. It's him that's doing it. God is good. God is gracious. He's building this house. He's watching over this city. He's sustaining my family. It's him. It's him. It's him. And I just show up, and I just do what he tells me to do so that I can have a front row seat and watch him at work. And trust in him so at the end of the day when the sun is going down, I can go to bed too. Because he gives to his beloved sleep. How's that working out for you? Is he giving you sleep? Or are you staying awake all night because you think it all depends on you? If you think it all depends on you, it's an indication that you are believing a false gospel. It doesn't all depend on you. Well, there are things you need to do. Don't get me wrong. You've got to show up. But show up to watch what he will do. And stick with him and wait on him and trust in him and hope in him and watch what he will do and stop believing the false gospel that it all depends on you because that will leave you perpetually running on fumes. Listen to the rest of this psalm, verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from whom? The Lord. Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. This is just one example of what the beginning of the psalm is talking about. It's God. It's God. Where do children come from? The psalmist says, from the Lord. That, that sort of takes away the idea that children are our own creation. They're not your creation. Apologies to the saying, you know, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. The psalmist says, actually, God brought them into this world. God brought them into this world. Children are a heritage from the Lord. And it's also against the idea that children are a burden, another mouth to feed. The psalmist says, no, no, no. Children are a blessing, not a burden. They are an indication. They're a sign that God is blessing you and taking care of you through this blessing. Now, again, this is just one example of how God does this in our families. It's God that's watching over us. It's God that's sustaining us. It's God that's strengthening us. It's God that's protecting us. Going on. Listen to the metaphor, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Now, now we live in a totally different culture, so I've heard people talk about how arrows are meant to be shot out into the world and we shoot our children out in the world. That's not what the psalmist is saying. In that world, if you had sons, you didn't shoot your sons out into the world, you, you filled your quiver with them. 
Why? So that you had protectors. So that when your enemies come to the gates, you've got a dozen sons that are your protectors. But the psalmist is saying, those dozen sons that you have, those children that you have that are your glory and your honor and your protection, they didn't come from you. They came from him. And that's true in all the ways that God is blessing you. Your protection comes from the Lord. Your strength comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. Your honor comes from the Lord. Trust in him. Because you keep white-knuckling it. You keep working more and doing more and going more. And you just keep trying to press through and not recognize this help comes from the Lord. My honor comes from the Lord. My protection comes from the Lord. My strength comes from the Lord. We keep driving and pushing and going and working because in our heart of hearts, we don't really believe the truth of Psalm 127. And this is why so many of us are running on fumes. We're worn out. And we're weary, but there's good news. There's good news for the worn out and the weary. Listen to the words of Isaiah. God is speaking to people that are worn out and weary through Isaiah the prophet to exiles who are worn out and weary. Here's what he says in chapter 40 and verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Where does strength and power come from? From the Lord, from the Lord. Listen, vacations are great. I like going on vacation. Weekends are great. You should take a weekend. Those are good things. But if they're not an opportunity for us to remind ourselves of this truth, we're vacationing in vain. We're weakening in vain. You're taking a Saturday in vain if you're just going to build your own strength to try to refuel yourself. That's not how you're refueled. That's not how you're strengthened. I mean, yes, again, if you go on vacation so that you can remind yourself of these truths, then it can be wonderful. But if you just go on vacation, you just take a weekend so that you can busy yourself with other activities, hoping that that will refuel you. It's more false gospel. It's more false gospel of self-reliance. You're relying on yourself when you're working, and you're even relying on yourself when you're taking a break. Even if your situation doesn't change, your stamina can through the Lord. Let me say that again. Even if your situation doesn't change, your stamina can through the Lord. Verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Even young, strong people get worn out and tired. But even old people can be renewed, can be strengthened, can be empowered when they wait for the Lord. Trust in the Lord. 
Hope in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Let the Lord strengthen them. When they confess to the Lord, I'm worn out. I'm broken. I'm running on fumes here, Lord. And ask him and trust him and allow him to strengthen you. Do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, humble in spirit. I will give rest to your souls. Rest comes from the Lord. Renewal comes from the Lord. Strength comes from the Lord. Self-reliance is a false gospel that leaves us perpetually running on fumes. But the Lord is a constant source of strength to those who rely on him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That if you trust in yourself, you will continually, perpetually be worn out. But if you trust in the Lord, he is willing to continually recharge you, refuel you, renew you, strengthen you, empower you. It's time to reflect. It's time to be renewed, isn't it? It's time to stop running on fumes. I needed this this week. I don't know about you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know I needed this. I needed the conviction that comes from Psalm 127. I needed Jesus to speak to my heart and tell me, Wes, come to me. You who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And I'm guessing that there's more than a few of us who need that this morning, who need to confess to the Lord, we are worn out. We're tired, and we need the strength that only you can provide. I'm actually going to do something different this morning. I'm going to offer two invitations, okay? I'm going to offer two invitations. The second one, you can come forward if you want to. But the first one, I'm going to ask you to respond right where you are. And don't stand unless you mean it. But if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're worn out, if you've been waiting too long to be refueled, and you're ready for him to renew you and recharge you and confess to him that you need the strength that only he can provide, let me offer an invitation for you to just stand right where you are. If you're like me and I need this, just stand right where you are. We're going to say a prayer together. So I don't know if there's anybody. Okay, good. I'm glad there's a few of us. I know I'm in this boat. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to recharge us and renew us and refuel us. Lord, we bow our knees before you. The Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant us to be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge 
that we may be filled with all of your fullness. We pray this to the only one who can do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the power that is already at work within us, to you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If there's anything else we can do for you this morning, now's your opportunity. Come forward. As together we stand, sing this song.